forks and spoons, knives and other cutlery. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Tori. And this is episode 20 of Calling the Shots, the podcast where we reminisce on the good old Twilight days. Can you believe it's already been 20 episodes of this podcast? I can't. That's crazy. It's not even that we've hit double digits. Uh, We are now 20 episodes in. I also can't remember when exactly we started this podcast. So it's like, are we approaching our year anniversary or? Yeah, it was like mid-December. Okay, so we're almost there. I'll have to look ahead and see how many episodes we need if we continue on our schedule without any delays. And then we'd be like, oh my gosh, it's our year anniversary. I wonder what we're going to be talking about during that year anniversary episode. Although if you think about it, we're almost a full year into recording this podcast and we're only now finishing both the Twilight books, or at least like the original books and then the movies as well. So we still got some more, but got the OGs down. Yeah, the OGs are almost complete, which kind of says a lot (laughs) that it took us a whole year to get through That aside, we have an icebreaker quiz. It is from BuzzFeed and it's titled, If you rewatch the Twilight movies this summer, then this trivia quiz is for you. So it's not summer anymore. It's actually the fall. (laughs) Uh, That doesn't mean that this quiz doesn't apply to the season. Tori, do you want to read the first question? Okay, so what bookstore does Bella Bella visit? (laughs) Bella. Bella. All right. Thunder and Lightning, Thunderbird and Whale, Bird's Nest, or Barnes and Noble? (laughs) Barnes and Noble. I think it's the Thunderbird and Whale one. Like, that sounds the most right to me, but I don't know. It's been a hot minute. I think Thunder something makes sense, but I'm like, I really, I told you this before when I was just previewing the quiz before I opened it up. I was like, I don't even remember the answer to this one. (laughs) Gotta take a wild guess. I'm gonna say Thunder and Lightning just so we know. Watch it be neither of our options. <laughs> Watch it be Barnes and Noble. <laughs> it couldn't. So I'm gonna pick Thunder and Lightning. Oh no, it was not. <laughs> All right, it was the Thunderbird and Whale. Hmm. How was I gonna remember that? I feel yeah. like she just like goes into the store and doesn't like linger, mostly because she looks up the store being available when they go to Seattle. No, no, not Seattle. Port Angeles. Port Angeles. Yeah. And she was looking up places to find extra reading content. She found that bookstore and decided to go when they were in Port Angeles. The next question is what excuses do the Cullens give to skip class on sunny days? Hiking and camping, surfing, feeling ill, or tanning? <laughs> tanning (laughs) that would be funny it's hiking and camping hiking and camping imagine if they said feeling ill i know (laughs) dr cullen is a doctor and all his kids are just chronically ill chronically ill that's the phrase but it's hiking and camping the cullens claim to be soaking up the sun while camping and hiking i mean kinda yeah technically technically i mean they're not right. lying. It's just yeah, a matter of how lying. they ma- how do they manage to do that often? <laughs> well, it doesn't it's not it doesn't it's not sunny in Forks that often, so I guess it might work out in that kind of way. I don't know. All right, Mike, Jacob, and Bella watch which movie in New Moon? Pulp Fiction, Face Punch, Kill Bill, or Mean Girls? Imagine if it were Mean Girls. <laughs> that would be really funny. Mike, is Mean Girls too scary for you? <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely face punch. (laughs) 
face punch were you really paying attention that's what the uh answer descriptor says next is what is the name of the vampire who turns jasper is it mary emmett maria or victoria dun 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 maria maria me being like do we even ever see maria in the movie we do in which movie does jacob cut his hair breaking dawn eclipse new moon or he doesn't cut it it just got short on its own well he doesn't like show us the process of him cutting his hair but it would have been new moon right yeah it was new moon (laughs) it says let's be honest the wig was awful anyway (laughs) honestly Next is, where do Bella and Edward go for their honeymoon? Maui, Isle Esme, Greece, or Canada? Isle Esme. Hmm, what is that mysterious name of a location that none of us have heard of? <laughs> no, it is named after one of the characters. Hmm, I wonder if it's that one. <laughs> Isle Esme. It says, I wish I had a whole island na- named after me. <laughs> Okay, what kind of car does Edward drive? A Jeep, an Audi, a Volvo, or a Tesla? Tesla would be a little ahead of its time. It didn't exist then, or I don't, at least it wasn't popular then, If even if it did exist. Hipster Edward Cullen has a Tesla. <laughs> he created the Tesla. The answer is a Volvo. Wow. It says, I don't know how to explain it, but a Volvo is a very Edward car. I got a six out of 10, a uh, six out of seven, because I missed that first question. <laughs> I got a seven out of seven. Oh my God. I'm a genius. Ooh, mine just says you're a twi hard. <laughs> I don't like it, I guess. <laughs> mine says that too. Hee hee. It says, you know, close to everything about Twilight, you've probably watched it once a week at least. I didn't, but you know, the sentiment is there. So that's cool. <laughs> We're just really smart. We're just, you know, really good at remembering these details that really don't matter so now that our quiz is done that really makes me wonder what kind of quizzes we're gonna end up doing or like icebreakers we'll have now that we finish the books in the movie <laughs> what are we gonna have quizzes about what are we even gonna talk about in the ice i know we're running out of buzzfeed quizzes as it is i know our content we gotta make is- our own maybe that's the final thing that we do <laughs> we just make our own quiz we submit it to buzzfeed us making our own quiz and then we plug our podcast so that people will listen to it even after genius genius okay so we have finally finished watching all of the toilet movies do you have any initial thoughts toy before we get right into it um not really i didn't feel much different about this movie than i did the last one it was just kind of it's meant to be like a continuation of the other movie so i get it but Mm-hmm. It was just basically like one long ass movie. Yeah, I kept remembering or I had to keep reminding myself that the last thing that you saw in Breaking Dawn Part 1 is Bella opening her red eyes. And then when Part 2 started, I kept going, where's the red eyes? Where's the red eyes? Because <laughs> I had a little bit of an intro to it before it actually got into the movie itself. Kept having to remind myself, remember the red eyes, remember the red eyes. And then the red eyes appeared. Yeah, like you said, it's... A continuation of the first one. So it does, it did really feel like a, a giant. How long would you say the movie is if you combine the two together? Probably like at least four hours. Yeah, like over three hours. Cause both movies were like an hour, almost two hours. Yeah. Um, so if you combine those together, that's a four hour movie. That's a lot of content. It's a Titanic. 
Yeah. So I guess just getting into the notes for the movie. Um, so I wrote down that the movie starts off with Bella waking up. You just get glimpses of evidence that her senses have been heightened. Uh, and then I also said that then there's just like a lot of moments where Edward and Bella just like keep touching each other because one, Edward is really amazed by Bella's new form. And then two, Bella with her new vampire eyes is like super shocked to see how even more beautiful Edward is um, now that she's looking through a different type of lens. Ooh. <laughs> My first note though when I was watching the very beginning of the movie was that I wasn't sure if that was Bella's real hair because her, the hairline seemed a little off. Like I was distracted by it and I kept going, is that her real hair? <laughs> I didn't even notice. That's so funny. I wonder if it was a wig. Well, because remember, I forget which, I think it was Eclipse. They filmed Eclipse and I was like, is that her real hair? Because it doesn't seem like something seems off about it. And then you told me that uh, Kristen Stewart was filming something else. So that meant that um, she had to wear like a wig for the Eclipse filming. And Breaking Dawn wasn't, it was filmed not long after. And it takes a while for your hair to fully grow to a very long, even like a you know, shoulder or uh, shoulder blade length. So I was like, is that her real hair? I didn't look into it. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had the answer to it. <laughs> Similar to Rosalie always having a different hairstyle because of her multiple wigs throughout each movie. I feel like Bella's been going through a similar transformation with her hair too. <laughs> so I noticed that. And then the other thing that I noticed, so the first thing that Bella and Edward do after Bella's finally come back to her senses from being asleep for like two whole days, they go hunting. Uh, this bitch ain't wearing shoes. <laughs> shoes she's like running in the forest climbing the mountain without shoes on I don't know what's worse because in the book she's supposed to be wearing stilettos is it worse that she is wearing stilettos or is it worse than she if she's just barefoot I don't know because I just it was very noticeable that she wasn't wearing shoes because Edward was wearing shoes <laughs> stilettos is a bit of a you know kind of extensive when it comes to footwear but I think I'd rather have her wearing something on her feet than nothing on yeah. her feet Alice didn't put any shoes on her. That doesn't seem like Alice. They put on a nice pretty dress and they did her hair and makeup, but they couldn't give her shoes. I don't believe I know. it. <laughs> Even flats. Why didn't they give her flats? I don't understand. Um, I noticed that Edward's eyes are gold. So that means that sometime when she's like dying and transforming, he had to uh, leave to go hunt. He's like, I know she's suffering. It's fine. I'm just going to leave her there and go have a little snacky real quick. She'll You're be fine. Right. What if she like woke up when he was gone? She'd be like, where's my husband? She'd be like, hello where's my husband yeah I don't know where that would have happened or when that would have yeah happened. when did that happen because it's literally like the so Bella has entered her transformation mode and she's like unconscious and just out of the count for the next two days but immediately after um there's that like fight with the with Sam's pack of wolves and then the Collins plus Jacob meaning that there was like a whole two days two days and Edward had to leave I guess he figured like he probably was wearing a lot and then Alice had to keep telling him like it's okay like she's she's fine she's probably gonna be awake in like the next day or you know whatever time span she gives them and then that's how they managed to get Edward to go out to hunt because he needed it he was hungry I don't know I could be making it up also Bella totally almost killed that rock climber <laughs> Like so much for like super restraint. Mm -hmm. She literally almost murdered that man. Also that the way that she encountered that the the human uh, after she's turned into a vampire was completely different than the movie or the book. So in the book, she uh, was supposed to caught the scent of hikers. I think, and was going to chase out after them. And then Edward approached her and scared her. And then she ran off. But in the movie, it's a fucking mountain climber guy. <laughs> she climbs up the mountain. 
her blue dress and her bare feet and I was like oh my god what's gonna happen I know she's literally like a fucking goat like scaling the mountain <laughs> I was like oh my goodness is she gonna be okay is the mountain climber guy gonna be okay <laughs> For some reason, when Edward tried to stop her, I really wanted her him to like push her off of the mountain for some reason. That would have been funny. In the book, he like has he like attempts to restrain her or like stop her physically, and that's what scares her. But uh no, he just was like, Bella, no. And then I know, he, he's just like, Hey, 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 Miss Bella, don't do that. And then she was like, I have to get out of here. And she runs off. <laughs> But yeah, that was a definite difference between the movie and the book that I noticed. Just how she encountered the human that was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Also, Edward, I mean, we talked about this for the book part, but we're like, Edward not knowing that there was a human in the vicinity? Like, what? Did you not know? Bitch, do better. Be <laughs> do better. Another thing I was wondering is, um, how would she hunting so well like in the book she gets so messy that her dress gets like ripped up there's not a spot of blood on her face in the movie she looks perfect so the way that they showed that in the movie there was like a deer that she was attempting to hunt the deer started to get hunted by a mountain lion or some sort of some sort of big cat and then instead bella would attack the big cat in the woods and that became her prey she did it cleanly she just she just lunged for it and then she she bit it to it and then you just assume that she's fed <laughs> yeah, what the heck how does that happen i'm like wait a second ma'am you're supposed to be messy you're a newborn one thing that i noticed though when they finally did get to see jacob um i just felt like that whole interaction with jacob was a lot friendlier in the movie version whereas if you look at it in the book it's a lot more aggressive and like confrontational i don't know if you felt that way i felt that way (laughs) because at first when bella and edward get back from their little hunting excursion they were run into jacob in the front of the cullen house before little lawn area i don't know it's just edward and jacob having like a little banter about like this being a i guess a training (laughs) training or a test in order to see if Bella can handle herself and then Bella smells Jacob and she's like dude you you stink (laughs) I get why everyone's telling me you stink all the time yeah and then after that Jacob's just like okay you can go see your daughter now and I'm like wait this this is supposed to have more angst in it (laughs) more aggression on Jacob's side what happened so yeah that was how that little test went with Jacob and then Bella goes to see her baby we see the scary scary, the scary scary baby with the CGI face which I still don't understand why they did it that way I feel like you could find a handful of children of various ages that look similar or have similar features or you could give them similar features because Hollywood makeup. Another thing that I noticed during the scene where Bella and Edward are just reuniting and meeting, re-meeting the Colin family again, is that I was like, why did they do Carlisle so bad like that? Like the way that they styled him, I don't know. It just wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain his style. Like his hair looked off. It looked like they tried to give him a younger hairstyle, but like it didn't match. It just didn't match. It looked weird. Like when Maybe you do wig. <laughs> no, why would they do that to him but the clothing that they gave him was bad looking too it was like kid who belongs to a country club except for the kid is a grown-ass man and that grown-ass man is carlisle like that was the vibe that i was getting from that outfit that they gave him that way his style his hair was styled was off 
the way he was wearing his clothes felt weird no 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 please don't do this to him <laughs> please don't do this to me <laughs> yeah why'd they put like that part in his hair i don't know it like looked weird it looked like boarding school prep boy and it then really does give, like bradley at the country club yeah and then the outfit was like son of a country club owner <laughs> but this is a grown-ass man <laughs> i was like what's going on <laughs> why'd you do this to my carlisle and on the last movie too disgraceful <laughs> um one of my notes is me laughing at how edward was just like so amazed by how strong bella was so i put as if edward's speaking it's just him going wow look how strong my vampire babe is <laughs> Why is he shocked? He was like, couldn't stop being so like hard eyes over his wife being so strong and capable of doing things as a vampire now. Damn, he's down bad. <laughs> now imagine a vampire being strong. What a concept. Wow, amazing. Um, and then the next note after that, I had put that um so there isn't really many like days passing during this first half of the movie or this first portion in the second movie and so it's very quickly revealed that it is now september 13th aka bella's birthday Woo! and so alice presents bella and edward the key so that they could go to their cottage which is bella's birthday present and then when edward gives bella the tour in the book the baby's room, which would have been for Renesme, wasn't finished because they didn't anticipate there being a baby when they prepared this present. But in the movie, the baby's room exists. And I was like, wait, what? How did they know? <laughs> How did they know? How did they have time to do this? <laughs> also, the closet wasn't as big as I expected it to be. Yeah, the cottage was cute, but like it didn't look like I thought it would on the inside. Mm-hmm. The outside was it, but like I was expecting more like exposed stone. I know. Fairy tale cottage. It just kind of looked like a house inside. Mm -hmm. It didn't, the interior did not feel like a cottage. The exterior definitely did, but not the inside. Skipping ahead. So they talk about back at the Cullen house how they're going to have to go to Brazil to find some people who have some intel on the potential future that can be made for a baby like Renesme. And Jacob's there too. And he's like, wait, you guys are leaving? And so in an attempt to get the Cullen family to stay in Forks, he runs the Charlies and he's like, there's something you need to know. There's something weird with Bella, but don't be alarmed because she is okay. And then that's when he reveals himself. But I started cracking up when Jacob <laughs> his clothes off because he's gonna turn into a wolf charlie's like jacob please put your clothes back on i know i thought that was so funny too i'm like what are you doing jacob don't get this man caught up in something but also that charlie was fucking cutting up logs and then jacob comes over and he's just like taking pieces and articles of his clothes off to transfer into a wolf and i was like what's happening in this scene right now could you imagine just being a grown-ass man going about your business and your daughter's friend just comes like hey man I gotta show you something and just start getting naked <laughs> I would be I wouldn't know what to do I would be very confused other than being like please put your clothes back on I like wouldn't know what to do <laughs> what do you do in that kind of situation obviously it ended with Jacob turning into a wolf and then Charlie having another set of emotions to kind of match that new revelation the way Charlie jumped <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so in that scene, Jacob tells Charlie that Bella's back in Forks, that she's okay, but 
there are certain circumstances that had to be put in place in order for Bella to remain in Forks. And so Charlie goes to the Cullen house to go see Bella. I think the first thing that he does when he has time with Bella, and it's just the both of them, is basically just tell her that he doesn't want her to run away anymore and I was like yeah Charlie is so sick of Bella just constantly running away from him and disappearing out of the blue so I understand why he was like even more anxious and scared when he finally got to see her once again I'm like poor Charlie he's been through a lot (laughs) yeah and he like comes into the Cullen's house like busting and asking for answers I'm like what happened to Charlie being on a need-to-know basis he's like what's going on I'm like sir I thought you didn't want to (laughs) know I guess it changes when it's your daughter who's the need to know (laughs) I also thought it was funny so Bella and Charlie finally hug after you know Charlie not being able to see his daughter for a while and the like (laughs) the way that their reactions were to just like that embrace I felt like in my head Charlie was like this doesn't feel like my daughter (laughs) which it probably wouldn't have because she'd be a lot colder or should be a lot colder physically yeah he was probably just thinking how weird it was the way she was sitting when he walked in I was losing it (laughs) she's like so stiff or like crossed by her hip (laughs) what are you doing so one scene that despite me not seeing this movie fully in the past that I know very well is when the Cullen family tries to give Bella tips on how to act human so they tell her to like move slower and like move her shoulders up and down so it looks like she's breathing and cross her legs a few times and blink at least three times every blank minutes and whatever yeah the part when she like tries to move from one side of the room to the other and she like smashes into the the wall when she gets on the chair I always think that's so funny (laughs) and then she's like I got it uh breathe uh move my shoulders and blink yeah got it got it it looks so unnatural Mm and weird and then after Charlie and Bella have their little talk Edward comes out with uh baby Renesme. yeah I'm still like yep scary demon baby still scary terrifying <laughs> and then also Charlie being like she has your eyes every time that happens I'm like he knows he knows he knows, <laughs> he knows that's Bella's baby and he's like great white white right need to know basis <laughs> The next note that I have, so Bella and Emmett have their little uh, arm wrestling match to see who's stronger. And then after Bella beats Emmett, she like starts busting open the boulder. And I just thought that scene was so funny to watch. I know. I was like the earth watching her bust open that rock that it spent millions of years making. Like, <laughs> I worked hard to do that. To make exactly. That. And then I like made myself a little sad thinking about it too long. Anytime I see like large formations of rocks, so boulders, I'm always like, it's not just a boulder. It's a rock. <laughs> a rock. I also care. That's a SpongeBob reference, but like, I can't remember what episode that's from like the seed the pizza delivery episode ah yeah I always quote that but I like couldn't remember what scene or what episode that was from in Spongebob I know it's from Spongebob though okay so the next part after that that I have notes on is Bella and Jacob and Renesmee go it's not that they go on their first hunt together they're just like going out on a little walk and Renesmee is catching snowflakes and then she just kind of levitates into the air (laughs) to grab the one snowflake and then that's the moment that Bella sees Irina on a mountain cliff some distances away Bella's just like Irina is that you and then she tries to go find or get Irina and Irina disappears and then Bella goes back to get 
um, Jacob and Renesmee. And then that's when that whole thing kickstarts. I was like, Renesmee can fly? What the fuck? When did that happen? Yeah, why'd she jump like that? Like there were so many closer snowflakes she could have gotten. Why'd she need that one specifically? I know. I also was like, that's so weak. Like, for what reason does she gotta be flying like that? <laughs> Why is she levitating? This baby is too much for me. <laughs> Seeing that scene put together, I think like if you use the context that she had already seen Arena at the wedding and then she has her heightened vampire senses so she should be able to see further away, it would make sense that Bello could be like, oh yeah, that must, that's, I think that's Arena in the distance looking at us. So it makes sense in the movie universe, but I remember in the book version, I was like, how did she know? Yeah, how did she know? The next step that I have, so Alice has her vision of the Voltori going to Forks to confront the Cullens and she drops the vase. And then that's when Carlisle finally reveals the vampire immortal children story. And so there's like a flashback scene, the Denali clan mother former mother who basically got in trouble for having an immortal child i think the voltori members kill her but jane is holding the baby that the mom had been taking care of and she just throws the baby into the fire oh i lost it at that her throwing that baby into the fire was so funny I, I, I knew it was going to happen because that's another one of those like famous scenes that you just see circulating on the internet but like <laughs> Passes it in. He like smirks and is like, "Bye, bitch." What a cinematic scene, man. (laughs) That scene was gold. (laughs) And then the next note that I had. So in the book, Bella, Edward, and Jacob, as well as Renesmee, stay at the house so that they can um, welcome all of the friends of Carlisle that come in to act as witnesses. But in the movie, actually, what happens is Edward, Bella, Jacob, and Renesmee they go to Alaska to meet the Denali clan. And I was like, oh. How do they have time for all this? I I don't know. One minute they're at the Cullen house, the next minute they're on a snowy ground and you just assume it's Alaska. And then they go see the Denali girls as well as Elazar and Carmen. Another scene that made me crack up was when um, Kate tases Edward with her electricity power. <laughs> I thought that was so funny too. Yeah, I love Kate. She's a queen. But yeah, so she tases Edward multiple times, but like the first time that she does it, I don't know, it just got me. I thought that was the funniest thing that could have happened in that scene. So there's that. And then, so they start gathering more and more vampires and you meet like Peter and Charlotte, which are the people that Allison Jasper sent over. They didn't really like show the big scene of Alice just like leaving out of the blue they have the part where sam stops by the cullen house and is like alice and jasper crossed the border at midnight and they told us to give you this note wasn't there supposed to be a big scene where alice just like leaves and is like i have to go remember what you guys need to do and then that's when they start smiling yeah, I think so. so that doesn't happen in the movie which i think should have helped because it was like a big deal that alice left I think they could have made it more dramatized, but they didn't do that. They were like, we got to make it sneaky. They're like, we don't have enough time. We have a fight sequence that we need to squish into this movie. (laughs) So there's more and more vampires that are entering Forks. And then that means that there are more wolves that are turning or more more kids turning into wolves in La Push. But the one scene that really, really, really got me is that Jacob is with this, I guess like a young teenager who is assumingly gonna turn into a wolf and this kid is just walking and then he just 
Florence into a wolf and like falls over in the woods and I was cracking up because like, could you imagine this kid just taking a walk and then suddenly he just becomes a wolf what a wild time imagine like not expecting it though I yeah I mean that's probably what happened the first time I thought that was so funny oh my god <laughs> um speaking of like ridiculous things and the other vampires when Vladimir and Stefan come they're the most ridiculous looking vampires <laughs> in my life specifically Vladimir with that blonde hair it's literally the funniest thing mm-hmm. like why do they look like that I was like no what is that Did they explain what area they're from again? I can't remember. They're like Roman, I guess. Out of the blue, they're just running to the Cullen house uninvited. (laughs) In their outfits? I was like, what is going on? I know. What is this all leather getup that they have? (laughs) Yeah, comical. And the movie missed a great opportunity um, because in the book, Bella calls them creeptacular. (laughs) And I thought that was hilarious. They just call them creepy, but no, they're creeptacular. Creeptacular. <laughs> All of the vampires have now gathered and they're like showing off their powers to each other. So Kate starts zapping everyone and Garrett, who's one of the, I guess you consider like the nomad or the roaming vampires within the continental US. He is like, oh, I can take your zaps uh, or I can, I can take your tasing powers Kate and so he goes in and Kate zaps him and I swear to god (laughs) Garrett's like wow you're so sexy I love you after getting zapped he is down bad for her he loves her he loves her so much (laughs) but yeah I was just like I can't believe the Twilight series which started off as like a romance between a human and a vampire is gonna turn into or is gonna end with a vampire revolution Could you imagine if like half the main characters died? I mean, it was enjoyable to watch that potentially happen, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I would have liked that if that happened in the book. Just because like the, I don't know, the trajectory of the events. It's like, I thought this was supposed to be a love story. How did everyone die? <laughs> Another note that I had. So the Volturi's guards uh, start showing off their powers too. And Alec his little darkness vapors that like project from his hands. I thought that reminded me of the darkness, which is like the evil thing in Twitches. And I was laughing. I was laughing so hard. Oh my God, it really does. Doesn't it? Because his like, whatever the fuck his darkness vapors are, they literally look like the darkness, which is the evil villain, quote villain, in the Twitches movie, which is that Disney Channel original film (laughs) about the twin witches. They got inspiration from Twitches. Maybe the person who worked on Twitches also worked on Breaking Down Part 2 and they went, guys, I got a great idea. I know how to show off his powers. (laughs) Guys, you're not going to believe this. There's a part where Kate starts teaching Bella how to project her shield a little further away from herself. But the way that Kate is trying to like get Bella to manifest this power, it really reminded me of like how my therapy sessions go because... (laughs) Like Kate uses a lot of words like, I don't know, just trying to see if you can like visualize how your shield works, which is kind of what my therapist does with me, but with my feelings. (laughs) I was like, this sounds like one of my therapy sessions, (laughs) except for Bella's trying to project the shield and I'm trying to project my emotions. out of nowhere I was like did they cut out Jay Jenks from this movie because like you hadn't seen anything about it up to this point uh and then shortly after Bella finally does something with the note that Alice had left and then I was like okay 
they're still going to deal with the Jay Jinx kind of thing. Yeah, for the longest time, I was like, is, the, is there no Jay Jinx? What? That was like the best subplot in the whole I know, book. I was wondering that too. Very briefly though, like they're in the book, Bella goes to the sketchy ghetto neighborhood in order to figure out if that's the potential location of Jay Jinx which it's one of them. But in the movie, she goes directly to the the restaurant, right? Like she doesn't even go to the building. She just goes directly to the restaurant to meet with Jinx. Yeah, and the stuff is already done because Jasper like tells him about it. Mm -hmm. Like you totally miss out the whole, I don't know, just the conversation and like Jay Jinx revealing that he's never met Jasper and Alice. And even the part where Jinx in the book was afraid that the baby or the young girl was kidnapped but in the movie like that's completely cut out <laughs> there's like no no added story to that subplot within the movie which I'm like ah, I know because I thought that was a, like a really cool subplot mm-hmm. I was like pissed that they made it so small it's like what we were looking forward to seeing in the movie and it didn't happen yeah yeah I put that they just like kind of hit fast forward on that storyline with Jinx which I don't know if I like how that went <laughs> and also if jasper was the one to give the information to jenks did he also make jacob's name jacob wolf and if so why because bella did it because she thought it would be funny mm. but like what would be his reasoning jacob wolf i don't know maybe we gotta because there's the part where bella looks at the passports and then that's how you know that the passport was made for renesme and jacob there's like a little weird moment with jenks and bella where bella's like surprised that it's two passports and the other passport that's not Renesme is for Jacob instead of one for Bella and one for Edward and for Renesme. And it's just like Jenks going, well, those were the directions that I was told, blah, 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 blah. I was like, why would you think that it was going to be for them? Like out of everybody, they would be the ones to survive. I know. I was like in the book, Bella quickly realizes that she and Edward are not going to make it out of this situation alive. But in the movie, Bella's like, nah, I'm going to make it out alive. We're going to live together happily, the three of us. And I'm like, bitch, no, that's not how this is going to work. Yeah. So I thought that was weird that they decided to cut out a lot of information from the subplot with Jay Jenks, but instead turn it into something that it wasn't. They like added a conflict that didn't exist. And then like other details that I was like, this didn't even happen. They had to put in some other things that weren't in the book. So they had to cut down on our Jay Jenks time. Boo. Uh, there's also the scene where Bella, Jacob, uh, does Jacob go to? Yeah, yeah, Jacob does too. Bella, Jacob, Edward, and Renesmee go to Carlisle's place to celebrate Christmas. But like Renesmee is significantly older than the last time that uh, Charlie saw her. And I'm like, is he not? I know he's on a need to know basis, quote, need to know basis. But I'm like, is he not surprised by how quickly this baby has grown? I know he's literally like, you grew like six inches last time. I'm like, is that, are you not this girl is like I don't know 10 now like (laughs) it wasn't that long ago you met her and she was still a still a toddler yeah Yeah. and considering in the book she's only supposed to have grown to the age of two years old by the end of the movie Mm -hmm. by the end of this one she's like 12 I know and I'm like wait why what So is her like progress going to go real slow for the next like seven years? They already had to make a scary demon half human half vampire baby. But then if they had to make that baby talk, they were like, this is too much. We can't do it. She's like the size of like a two year old. Yeah. Now she's like a whole ass kid. Mm-hmm. She's only going to be able to age like a year at a time now if she looks like she's like 
12. Mm-hmm. And they had a bunch of scenes where uh, Renesme gets even older. Like at the very end, Alice has this vision of Jacob and a now adult aged Renesme. Um, First off, that's terrifying. And second, why can Alice all of a sudden see, see them? Yes! That was a whole fucking conflict in this entire storyline. And then suddenly yeah. in the end of the movie, she can see them? <laughs> I don't get it. They're going to throw some like bullshit about like Bella was pushing her shield onto Alice, which means that she could now see the vampires and do anything she wanted. She can do whatever she wants because Bella. I was like, what the hell? But yes, going back to the timeline of what happens in the movie. Oh, I started cracking up. So this is still in the scene when Bella is at Charlie's place for Christmas. So Bella and Edward are looking out the window and there's definitely more than a little snow on the ground. And Bella just goes, the snow is, sni- is sticking. But like the whole ground is covered in snow. What That's do you mean? <laughs> She's like, the ground is covered in snow. They know that from Alice's directions, the Volturi are coming once the snow starts to stick. Bella looks out the window and she just goes, the snow is sticking. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Duh. What if they were like off by like two days? Oh so, my like, god! Christmas day, the Volturi just starts knocking on Bella's door, like "Hello." Oh my god! Imagine if that's what happened. <laughs> and then we get to the campfire scene with uh, the rest of the vampires and Bella and Renesme are in the little tent. But Edward and Carlisle are talking, and basically Edward goes, "I can't believe this is all happening because I fell in love." <laughs> Way to simplify things, sir. I'm like, I mean, he's not he's not wrong. He was like, technically, he says all of this is happening because he fell in love with a human. But like, I just thought it was funny if you like simplified even further than that. Edward's just like, I can't believe this is all happening because I fell in love. This is all because of me. This is all my fault. So I said that during this campfire scene, the vampires are outside around the campfire and then Bella and Renesme are inside of this tent but it's like very visibly snowing and windy and then the tent the zipper tent door is just wide open I was like isn't it cold and Jacob's not in the tent with Renesme either because Renesme is still half human I'm sure she's a little cold yeah I don't get it Jacob was definitely supposed to be in the tent with them but he was not during that scene they're always ignoring the weather <laughs> I don't think they've done this before, but they started saying his name like Aro. Mm-hmm. I was I like, what the hell that. is this? They've called him Arrow up until this point. And all of a sudden now he's Aro. I was Aro. like, who the hell is that? So we all know how. So Alice appears in the clearing and you're like, yay, Alice is there to save the day. Except for that like kickstarts this fight that happens and the very first casualty is that Carlisle gets his head dismembered from the rest of his body and then everyone is like holy shit except for towards the end you realize that's not what happens but um was it Seth the wolf who was the first wolf to die during that fake fight I suddenly couldn't remember what, what wolf was who I think it was Seth and then Leah like jumped to save Esme. Yeah, she like sacrifices herself to save Esme. So it's like the fight's going on and Jasper dies too. And then Benjamin uses his powers to break the earth open to kind of like, I don't know, kickstart the amount of casualties they can have during this fight. Except for it causes people on both sides to fall into the core, the earth's core. (laughs) Yeah, Seth is like one of the first wolves to die and that makes... Leah upset and then Leah lunges to attack other vampires and then Esme is like trapped in a 
situation where she's gonna fall into the earth's core but leah saves her and she sacrifices herself the whole like fight scene even though it didn't even happen is actually kind of long it really is i at one point i was like this is such a long fight scene (laughs) it just keeps going on they're trying to like set us up to think that this is what happened even though that's not what happens in the book there's a part where marcus finally dies and i started laughing because it just seems like marcus had wanted to die this whole time like he just is awaiting the sweet kiss of death that's the impression i got of him (laughs) he's like finally yeah he's just like ah yes finally (laughs) the end of the fake fight scene is that bella and edward finally get rid of arrow and so they get to cut his head off and you're like oh my god except for that's like the very last scene until arrow goes comes back to his senses and what happened was that alice was basically showing arrow what would happen if Arrow decided to claim that the Cullens did something wrong and attack them, a big fight would have broke out. That's basically what <laughs> what it was. So Alice calls on her final witnesses, which is Nawel, this half vampire, half human guy, and then um, Nawel's parent or guardian, who is his aunt, which is Waylon. And then they talk about their situation and how Nawel stopped aging after a certain point and is now like a hundred something years old in his adult form and that uh, Waylon is a vampire. So they don't have to worry about the humans knowing and stuff like that. Yeah. So they go through that whole bit. They kind of fast forward on that too. Just the whole part where um, Nawel's vampire birth father is... A weird scientist guy and made a bunch of other vampire half vampire babies and yeah they even like fast forwarded on that subplot too which was also another interesting thing in the book but you don't really see much of the detail in that <laughs> and then yeah they after that happens the Volturi leave and the Cullen's side of the clearing are all excited and they're like yay we did it <laughs> And then everyone goes home. We talked briefly about Alice seeing the vision of Jacob and a adult Renesme, which I still think is weird because adult Renesme still looks creepy. And you're right, Tori. How did Alice manage to see that future with both of them when she apparently couldn't see either of them for the longest time? Yeah. Or how did she see that whole fight scene and see the wolves going down and stuff? Makes yeah. Not- it don't make sense. Um, the only thing I have is that I think it's hilarious how evident it is that Arrow was just about to call off the whole mission as soon as he saw that he was going to die. Yep. But he was like, oh, yes, it's because of this other half vampire that I'm going to let them live. Not because I don't want to perish. It's literally just for selfish reasons. But he's like, oh, no, it's fine, guys. It's fine. He's probably like, thank God I have something to save my ass and I don't have to just say that I saw myself die. If he didn't die in that vision that Alice gave or showed Arrow, I wonder if he would have continued with his attack against the Cullens. Because he would have lost a lot of people. Like if you just kept the whole the same thing, except for he doesn't die in the end. Do you think Arrow would have gone through with it? Mm, if he saw Jane die, he looked pretty hurt when Jane died. So <laughs> He, he didn't like, even mm. look hurt when Marcus died. <laughs> I know. He was like, my prized possession is down. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, so the last few notes that I had was, so we all know that they have, like, that scene in the meadow, and Bella finally shows Edward her memories, or, like, projects her shield in a way so that Edward can finally read her mind, which is apparently a big 
conflict in this whole <laughs> movie, but low key, that scene in the meadow like made me cry. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is too emotional. I know. It like made me feel emotional. And I'm already in an emotional state these days. So like it just it got me. It really Isn't got that me. Nostalgic. It was, yeah. So I, I was saying in my notes that, you know, actually getting to see the uh, meadow scene and they like put in some clips from the first handful of movies, like it makes you feel nostalgic, Um, which is funny because like, obviously when we have done our movie reviews on the other movies, we've talked about like the criticisms in it, but like having that all tied together in the final movie, I was like, this is nostalgic. Oh my God. (laughs) The end of the movie was definitely a lot less annoying than the end of the book. I don't know. Once you get to the end of the, of part two, like, you're like, oh, wow, what a, what a journey. Yeah. And so they do, they do the credits roll and they even include the actresses that played Victoria, the two actresses that played Victoria. And I was like, oh my God. I know. I don't know if they included the actress who played Renee, which is Bella's mother, which I think is a little funny. They might've, and I missed it, but like, <laughs> I don't think I saw it. And I was like laughing a little bit to myself. Yeah. The end of the movie, I really liked like the very, very ending. So that Meadows scene, I really, really liked. Yeah. Renee is not even a thought in this movie. They don't even question, like, what are we going to do about Renee? I know. They completely leave her out of it. It wasn't like she was really part of it anyway. (laughs) I just hate the CGI. Yeah. It just bothers me so bad. But it is better than that doll. (laughs) Better than Chuck Esme. Oh, my God. This movie isn't that old, is it? No, it's really not. Maybe like 10 years or something. Like, I don't know. There were certain parts with the CGI that I thought could have been more realistic. Or maybe it's just the fact that I knew that it wasn't possible that they filmed it actually that like kind of took me out of trying to be immersive into the movie. And no, it just looks bad. (laughs) I am sad that they didn't do much with Jay Jenks. And I'm also sad that they didn't talk about much with the scientist vampire and the half vampire half-human army that he's trying to create and stuff like that but they took out all the fun parts they did and they wasted it on this long-ass fight scene that I feel like didn't have to be that long (laughs) no it really didn't like it was kind of nice to include a fight scene even though it's not in the book but come on that was like eight minutes long yeah I mean even in part one they had that short fight scene between the wolves and the vampires that didn't even happen in the book but I was fine with that because it wasn't that long of a scene but they had this long ass fake fight scene in part two and I'm like why (laughs) why is it so long I don't know maybe I would have had a different impression if I were watching this like in theaters for the very very first time kind of thing when you like see his head being held by arrow everybody was probably like oh my god i probably would have been like that carlisle is my favorite character in this entire series you'd have been like oh my god oh my god they killed my boy why would they do that to him after me being upset that they made him look like a like an old ass son of a country club he's like those like 35 year old actors that continuous play continuously play like teenagers roles like it just looks wrong and it's not that carlisle I didn't have a an outfit and hairstyle that made him look nice like he did in this movie it's just like the very beginning of the film I'm like why would you dress him up like that (laughs) who was his stylist I need to talk because that was not good overall if you were to compare this movie and rank it against all the other movies in the Twilight franchise where would you put it they would probably be Mm, this one might be like third twilight's definitely first and then the other breaking dawn was really good too i think i know when we were we just finished 
reviewing part one of the Breaking Dawn movie and we were like, oh yeah, it was like really good. I'd probably put it like in the middle. But after watching part two, I think part two would be number three on my list because I just enjoyed part one a lot more, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same way. Different than part one this movie isn't really a standalone movie there's a lot of information you're not gonna know if you didn't watch part one that's my opinion I'm like it's I don't think it would work well as a standalone movie so the first Twilight movie you could watch on its own and just be done with it the second one you could also or the um Breaking Dawn part one you could also watch on its own and be like wow that's fine I don't have to watch the rest of them but part two you need to watch with some context meaning you need to see part one and then New Moon and Eclipse they're fine throw them at the end of the list (laughs) Yeah, I think if I had to put this movie on a scale or on a ranking list um, from one to five, I would make it three. Like it wasn't horrible, but it also wasn't my favorite either. Yeah, I didn't watch Breaking Dawn Part 2, but I knew about the fight scene and stuff from social media. So it wasn't like a big surprise. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much how I expected it would be. (laughs) I wasn't like, oh my God, this is such a shocking movie. I was Mm -hmm. like, yep, this is it. It's, It's the movie. Yep, I think I was more shocked from watching part one because I don't remember watching part one either. And yet I was like pleasantly surprised to watch that film. (laughs) Yeah, because the end of the first movie was a lot, or not the first movie, but part one was a lot more like creepy and unsettling. And I was kind of hoping they would have brought that into the second one, but they didn't. It was just kind of like, here's the material and we're presenting it to you. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like an artistic twist. There was no sense of like mystery or surprise or even just like anticipation. Like, (laughs) yeah, I didn't get any of those feelings watching part two, breaking down part two under delivered. If I have to give it a word, I think it under delivered. Yeah. (laughs) Was underwhelming. Underwhelming. (laughs) But yeah, we did it. We finally watched all the Twilight movies so far. Yay. The next thing we're going to do for our following episode is we're going to read Midnight Sun. So we're once again going back into reading many, many words. So many words. Yeah, we'll talk more about what Midnight Sun's about during that episode, but it's basically Edward's point of view um, from the first Twilight book. Uh, It's going to be interesting seeing what that's about. We don't know how we're going to break up this book because we don't have it physically in our hands yet, but we'll figure it out. And then next time you hear from us, we'll be in the following episode. Okie dokie. That being said, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember that you can tune in every other Monday as we fall right back into our Twilight Obsession like it's 2008 again. You can find Column the Shots on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and your usual podcasting platforms. Come sit with us next time at lunch for more of our sparkling personalities. Bye. 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 Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>